broadcasting live from the Zimmer Communications World Headquarters. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Get ready, pal. Here's your host, Randy Tobler. It's 8.08. Watch it out there in the fog. It's uh, it's still treacherous, so be careful out there. Joining us now on Wake Up Mid-Missouri is Missouri's 57th governor, Mike Parson, joins us after a very rousing State of the State speech yesterday. Thanks for being with us, Governor. Hey, good morning. How's everybody? Doing good, and I think we're uh, we're taking a look at uh, the long list of accomplishments that you chronicled yesterday, and some of the things that uh, are on your priority list. We'd like to go through some of those as we move through this conversation. Um, what kind of feedback have you gotten personally and officially in response to your uh, to your address yesterday? Well, of course, I was surrounded with family and friends last night, so it was pretty positive at my house. (laughs) So so I have to say it's been very positive. I I think when you mention the accomplishments and everything we've done, you know, sometimes you just don't take time to realize what you have done because in this arena, it's always like the next issue or the next session. And when we put all that together, we thought, for man, for everything we've been through, to be able to do some of the things we've done, it's just been a, you know, I, I was just humbled. I was honored to, to make those kind of accomplish in today's world in the political arena. Uh, I'm just pretty proud of the people of this state and, and proud of what we have done in some of the most difficult times. Now, when you reflect back, what do you think your legacy will be as Missouri's 57th governor? Well, you know, I'm sure infrastructure, workforce development will be uh, on that list. I I hope people look at it, too, as a time when when we brought stability in here. We got back to core values of who Missourians really are and just tried to bring integrity back to to the government, to the governor's office, and uh, just putting people first. I said that in the speech last night. It's just... uh, those are the things that really matter. Those are the reasons you come up here in the first place. And uh, unfortunately, uh, sometimes people just need to check their egos at the door and remember why they come up here, and that's to serve the public. And you uh, you close the address by talking about returning to the farm, and I think referencing the the very notion of uh, what our founding fathers uh, you know embodied and embraced and that's sort of the citizen statesman right and i think yeah, we I, we as conservatives really value that kind of humility in terms of just how much should governance and governors get into our business and i know that you uh, you did a lot with regulatory reform as well to try to get the government out of the way yeah when you do in five and a half years take out 20% of the regulatory environment, those things just don't happen. And unfortunately, or fortunately, COVID drove some of that when we did another 600. But the point of it is when you go back there, most of that stuff should have never been on the books before. It's because some incident, something occurred in our history and somebody just put a law or regulation in there. And when we talk about deregulating people, you're not deregulating regulations, you're deregulation for the people of the state. And people just want to live a life. They, 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 they don't want government in their lives every day. And, and I think we've proven that uh, by getting rid of a lot of that stuff. Governor Mike Parson joins us on Wake Up Mid-Missouri this morning. Governor, it's one of those uh, things we talked to you so many times about in your tenure over there, and you were a big part of it, 3.2% pay raise for state workers. Jefferson City and, to a lesser extent, Columbia or our company towns with state government at all. But in your time in the House and Senate, 
Pay raises for state government has not always been a slam dunk, has it? Well, it never has. They've been awful. They've been difficult through my entire career when I was here. But again, it's what you want to make a priority. And nobody really made a priority of that because it's much easier to, to go out there and give something maybe more high profile or or a building or, or something of that nature. But look, the, the everyday operations of government depend on good people working for government. And if you want to retain good people and you want to have people believe in the system, you're going to get more production out of it. And so, look, I, I'm not trying to make anybody rich in government. But what I am trying to do is I want to be competitive and I want to retain good people just like everybody else does. And uh, and they deserve it. They deserve it. They, they, you know, day in and day out, they do a good job. Governor, thanks so much. And uh, with with your budget recommendations, the state employee pay, by the way, since you became governor, has increased by about more than 20% since you took office. And we do appreciate you joining us live. I think most of what, and I've covered a lot of different angles in the news stories here on The Eagle and on KWS, most of them pretty self, self-explanatory. self But one, I think, very important one, and I need, need you to give us a little bit better idea of what it is. You referenced Congressman Sam Graves receiving a $90 million federal grant to be put towards I-70, and you said you're going to be announcing uh, the recommendation to establish the I-44 Improvement Fund. Uh, can you elaborate on, on that? It's, it's two interstates, but how would that work? Yeah, well, well, first of all, I-70 is a priority. I think we've set that example that that has to be done first. And then, but you've got I-44. We've got other interstates in, in, in our states. But I-44, needless to say, is our next main, what I would say your next main uh, highway system to really redo. But that $90 million frees up money to go to other projects. Plus, you're going to be able to leverage more money by doing that also with our own money. So anytime we can leverage federal money for whatever project it is, it frees up money for something else. And, you know, there's no question, having Congressman Graves uh, in the position he is as chairman, uh, the position he sets in, is going to be a benefit to Missouri and, frankly, you need to take advantage of that while we can. Uh, when that opportunity is there, we need to be able to be up there and be ready to utilize those funds and to move Missouri forward. But uh, it'll move I-44 significantly up on a timeline to really start making a real completion of I-44. Thank you, Governor. That's great great information, and that really helps. Thank you. Governor Parson, um, I think at the front of most every conservative's mind, as top three priorities uh, from the voters' perspective would be education choice, initiative petition reform, property tax, or some other type of ongoing tax relief. Uh, You've made a great start at it with three major tax cuts during your administration. Are, Are you committed to pushing the objectively dysfunctional legislature, particularly the Senate, to getting these things achieved? Well, there's no question we'd like to see IP reform uh, from, from the governor's office. And there's there's maybe other ways to do that. Uh, and I'll just give you a quick example. If the House would come up with an IP bill and send it down to the Senate, that cures all problems. And then you don't have to fight on who gets to do an IP bill. They send it over there, they pick it up and do it. But kind of shutting down the whole system for for that Look, I handled IP when I was in the Senate when we were fighting animal rights groups and all of that years ago, and it was on the table last year and the year before that. It didn't get done. It's kind of ingenuine for anybody 
to all of a sudden sit around and say, you got to do it right now when, when you have opportunity to do it before. So I, I don't normally get into those battles, but, you know, to do the steps we've made towards education, to do what we're trying to do for IP and the future, all I can tell you is I feel like we have built a good foundation for them to build on. Now, whatever their actions are, I, I don't know. But, uh, look, there's an opportunity for us as conservatives to do the things we believe in and to make people's lives better. And, and I think that's what, what what I said about the speech last night, putting people first. If you just have that mentality every day when you go to work, things will work out. Governor, as a veteran yourself, how important is it to you to see uh, Chairman Griffith's bill on veteran suicide prevention finally make it across the finish line? No, we're, we're anything I can do to help veterans. You know, my, I mean, my heart and soul goes out to them. I, I wouldn't be sitting in this chair today if I hadn't served my country. That's just how important it made in my life at 19 years old and what I believe in. But anything we can help a very small number of people in our nation that served our country. We should do everything we can to help them because I'm telling you, they put everything on the line for us. So I don't know why we wouldn't want to help them, whatever means that takes. Governor Parson, after such a, a, a prominent position and leadership and the, the, the struggles that go with it, the sleepless nights, the tension, um, it had to be an emotional time for you delivering that address yesterday. Um, did you have to fight back some emotions, or was it just full steam ahead and get the address done? Well, my family was kind of kidding me about that last <laughs> night, that they thought I was going to lose it a couple of times. And I I said, uh, by all means, I wasn't going to shed a tear, but uh, the reality of it was, it was. It's very emotional for me, because I just know how hard people worked uh, to get to help me get to where we are today and how humbled I am to set this position for a small period of time in our history uh, to be able to do the things we've did. But I'm just telling you, there is no way you do this job by yourself. If you ever think you're gonna come in here and be the governor and you got all the answers, you're kidding yourself. Uh, the first thing you gotta do, uh, as, as you do in your family life, in a, in a normal life, you gotta be a good listener, period. You've got to be a good listener. And then you surround yourself with the best people you possibly can put around you. And, and you try to move forward with what you believe in and don't get distracted by all the political whims of the moment. You know, I remind you, Governor, I was thinking about you were talking about the, uh, the you know, not quitting and things like that. One of the last places when you were lieutenant governor that you visited, and it happened pretty much right after that, was you were at the Boone County 911 Center, and I spoke to you up there that day. I think it was a day later you became governor, and you just had a lot of uncertainty. Nobody knew what was going to go on. Uh, no one knew what was going to happen, and yet that next day, I believe it was the day after that, you became governor. It happened that quick. But you referenced that several times yesterday. You referenced taking over in the in that difficult time. Yeah, well, that's a story within itself. I, I got to say one thing: when you talked to me when I was lieutenant governor, yes, we were always looking for media to talk to. Nobody <laughs> wanted to talk to us back then. So. That was me. I, now, I was... When come, now, when you come governor, everybody wants to talk to you. <laughs> that's right. But uh, the the truth of it is, you it was just a, such a reality moment when when you get that call and they do tell you we're coming to get you we're coming to pick you up you're going to be the governor of the state you know and it just happens that quick and 
you know, life's experience help you for that moment. You know, what you know, what you've been through, all the things you've done in your life help you for that moment. But nothing will ever prepare you to be governor until you've done this job for a while and understand what it's about. And it's probably one of the most difficult jobs that I've ever had in my life, to say the least. I mean, I'm honored to be able to do it, humbled, but I tell you what, if you think you can come in here and not spend very much time being governor of the state of Missouri, you're kidding yourself. Uh, It's very demanding. It's very difficult. The schedule is giving up your family life. uh, It's just going to happen no matter what. And, And there's a crisis almost around every corner. I mean, there's not a weekend goes by, not a day goes by that you don't probably talk to some of your staff from the office or something going on in the state that you have to be aware of. But uh, look, you know, it is what it is. It's, it's a job. I, I'm, I've never been afraid to work hard. And uh, But if you're going to be the governor of this state, whoever the next governor is going to be, you better understand you're going to work hard. And you're not going to be able to halfway do a job. In terms of that hard work, I again want to personally thank you uh, for your leadership during the COVID crisis. I was leading and practicing at a small rural hospital in northeast Missouri, and I remember being on those calls in the early days when you and your team and all of us were trying to work together to figure it out. And I think your leadership was exemplary among all of the governors in these 50 states, and uh, I I, I trust that that's the kind of commitment that you gave to every crisis, and I I want to personally thank you on behalf of the healthcare community and the patients that we served. What what hat are you going to be wearing after your tenure? Are you going to be going down, getting your hands dirty in the soil and repairing tractors back on the farm? Are we going to see you in a public realm. Hey, I'm going to have a little dirt on my boots. You know what? I want to catch up. I want to spend some time with grandkids, family, uh, kind of sit back and enjoy things a little bit. I really, I really am. I'm, I'm very comfortable where I'm at right now. Uh, man, man, I've been so blessed to, to live the life I've lived and, uh, I just want to go back and, and enjoy it. And, uh, I don't know what I'll do afterwards. I'm not, I'm not gonna. I don't want to be in government anymore or anything like that. I'll get on your show someday. I'll see if you guys call me after I get out. What I'm gonna see. Sounds good. We'll check in from time to time. Thank you for your service to the state. Thank you for being with us, Governor Mike Parson. Appreciate you. Thanks. All right, there he is, Governor Mike Parson. Coming up, we'll check in what's on the markets, and after that, we will get your reaction to uh, that interview and 